This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to WTS Waikato, Season 2. It's a radio show and podcast about the goings-on in our region under the new normal. I'm producer Gary Farrow. The Deep Dive Division was established in 2018 by Tua and Courtney Corrales. Based in Hamilton, its mission is to go beneath the surface and let us realise what we can all do to help nurture the health of our precious Waikato River. Tua takes us a bit deeper in this episode of WTS. So hello for everyone, I'm uh, Tua Corrales uh, from the Deep Dive Division, uh, born in Tauranga but um, raised here in, in Hamilton in the Waikato. Uh, did my schooling at St John's College and University uh, Otago, Auckland and then uh, Waikato University uh, where I studied environmental science and it was there where I learned how to dive. Uh, just someone walking up to me and, and saying, "Hey, do you want to uh, do you want to try diving?" And uh, I said, "Sure, let's 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 do it." And uh, it opened up a whole new world for me. I'd always had a passion for um, the outdoor uh, environment, you know, especially the animals that were there. You know, those old books used to get National Geographic magazines and. Reader's Digest ones, uh, you know, you, you go to your grandparents' places and that was the, the most interesting book. <laughs> Absolutely. My grandma had exactly that. She had a massive library of National Geographic. It's funny, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, you know, my favourite one was uh, a book that my, my mother bought me on on fish and uh, the sea life. You know, I'd look through all these wonderful creatures under the water and once I started to dive, I, I started to see some of them, but um, you know, not the tropical ones that were that were in this book. And I just thought, well, you know, the first thing about being in water is that you know we're not supposed to be uh, underneath water, you know, in the water, in, in that environment. Uh, the weightlessness, uh, you know, your movements are, are very slow comparative to animals that have um, evolved within the water. Um, so it takes a while to get used to that. Um, having to breathe all the time out of a regulator, um, you know the bubbles that are there, the different sounds, um, and just getting used to being comfortable in water. You know, and I, I love that journey. And uh, once I was in there, you know, my, my eyes really opened up, and I was like, "Wow, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen, and you know, ever experienced, really." Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, it, uh, that passion um, for the water, the environment that's in there, the 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 animals that are in there um, really led me to you know down the path of wanting to do more in there you know, I, was, I was studying environmental science at, at the time and and listening to you know some some world leaders uh, uh, in, in conservation but uh, also experts in um, freshwater ecology uh, for instance Brendan Hicks uh, you know these people are real drivers for uh, the health and well-being of our, our freshwater waterways uh, like the Waikato River uh, so from there I 
reading a, another magazine, which was Dive NZ one, I saw a, a man underwater, he had a helmet on, he had a chainsaw in his hand, uh, which I thought, wow, well, I, I grew up on the farm uh, here, just on the outskirts of the city, which is now um, all houses, well, it's been developed for houses, and um, I thought, yeah, well, I, I know how to use a chainsaw, and I know how to dive, I can be that man, and I went and you know the, the rest is kind of history I, I learned how to become a commercial diver work underwater but there was a uh, I found you know, after being in the industry different types of people really focused on um, different things that I wasn't really you know interested in um, you know I was, I was more into that whole uh, scientific uh, realm and and looking after the water whereas you know you're building structures you're you're getting it done you're you're sucking up mud you're, you're moving things you know building things and that was really the focus always for the client and you know without consideration even though there may have been consideration in the in the boardroom it really didn't equate to what was happening um, beneath the surface so yeah I found a niche there and that's where uh, started up deep dive division so with deep dive division you're working in uh, the Awa here in the Waikato um, particularly heading through Kirikirira or Hamilton. Um, mm. But have you um, experienced diving in, uh, in other situations and other, other bodies of water, um, looking at uh, ecosystems and wildlife and things like that that you have to uh, use as examples and compare to what our awa is like? Yes, uh, other bodies of water, there's you know, your, your lake systems there, uh, Rotorua, Lake Rotorua is a, is a really good example um, where land use uh, change has happened. Um, you know, it used to be a, a lot of uh, forests uh, around the area and then they've been cut for um, you know, farming use. And then there's, as a population evolves as well, there's more inputs into a lake system. Um, so diving in there was an experience. They've got these uh, methane gas. They've got this uh, organism called archaea, which creates uh, methane, and then that can bubble the surface after a while. And we found these pock marks, like a, little craters within that lake. Um, uh, Associate Professor uh, Chris Hendy, who's uh, since retired, oh, well, inspirational guy, um, helped him out with that that study there. And you know, it was still. Uh, it's still a lake with um, high high inputs of nutrients, um, your nitrogen, your, um, the phosphorus, you know, from uh, what you call it, um, from fertilizers and things like that. And so that takes away oxygen out of the water. Uh, the fish there can only live in these uh, certain bands, oxygenated bands, that, which which change throughout the seasons. Um, and so you know that that's different because it's not it's a lake. Um, you know, there's not a lot of flow there um, with the river. Um, you know, and not not a, not as dynamic, I guess, uh, in that sense. Um, you look to other uh, rivers and streams uh, here in New Zealand, which you know, we're, I guess we're doing a good job because there's now there's more awareness about the inputs and things like that. So, you know, uh, working with biosecurity teams, uh, regional council teams that. You know, they want to stop you from moving from lake to lake with the amount of uh, weed that goes there and, and stop that spread. Um, stopping catfish from you know moving to different water bodies as well, capturing those. Um, so yeah, the, you know the, the river system is very different to say a sea system, the marine 
marine life, even though you've got um, you know tidal um, considerations and, and swell and things like that, the river is very dynamic and uh, I'd say up there in terms of uh, risk to to your life. Definitely. I mean, Tiawa is affected by uh, rain upstream uh, as far as Lake Taupo, mm. and uh, there are several dams down the length of the river, and depending on how much water is being let through there, that can affect um, the whole chemistry, I guess, of the uh, river ecosystem. And, of course, we have the tuna, the longfin eels, that have an absolutely epic journey to make from uh, Tonga, I believe it is, to Lake Taupor to, to breed, um, yes. <laughs> which is mind-blowing. And uh, that is the story of one creature mm. in the river ecosystem. Mm. But there's so much more to it. And uh, this is relevant to not only... Uh, agriculture and and their inputs into the system but broader society as well and the community yeah it's 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 interesting you know farmers get a bad rap um you know for making a living and, and helping us uh, generate food and milk and you know all those constituents we, we need to to live you know and finding that right balance uh is key you know there's a lot of uh, heavy industry on the hour, uh, which which people don't, I guess they don't really think about. You know, you've got your forestry with their inputs, their processing plants. What are they putting in? Uh, what are their inputs? You've got uh, you've got different meat works along there. You've got uh, the power generation, which affects the temperature. Okay, they'll they'll take it in. Um, you know, the geothermal uh, uh, power generation as well. So, pulling up steam from the deep. You know, you're, you're going to be bringing up heavy metals, and that's the way that uh, we get arsenic in our water. Um, and, you know, we've got, uh, I forget, uh, maybe 11 parts per million of arsenic, uh, which we pull out of the water. And let's not get crazy about that. It's not a, it's not affecting our health in the, in the broader, broader scheme of things, but there are considerations. So we see in the case of lots of lakes throughout the Waikato, um, particularly the peat lakes, there are lots of situations there where uh, uh, chemical or uh, metallic elements are making their way into the ecosystems and we frequently hear of people's dogs getting sick who might go down and play in the water a bit. We see fish dying, we see bird life dying and people think about the um, uh, the lakes as being sort of stagnant in a lot of um, cases and mm. as very dicey ecosystems. Uh, would you say people look at the Waikato River like that or um, uh, does it get sort of, you know, uh, cast off uh, and people think that things are all right down there? Well... You know, the more I talk to people, they, they think it's dangerous. You know, uh, generally they think it's, it's dangerous, but they have this connection um, and to to the hour. And I, you know, can I comment on that? I'm, well, yeah, sure. I, I I've got a connection. I've lived here. It is a it's a it's a flow. It's a it's a massive body of water that we, you know, travel over. Uh, most days as we're on our way to work or, or to play or, or you know and we look down and we see it and 
at times uh you know we comment on oh it's really swollen right now you know it's in a, it's in a flood um but but generally people people think oh i'm, I'm not sure if i'll i would want to go swimming there even though it is used uh, for recreational use um so there there is that element you know and you the stories of people ending their lives there as well you know on the riverbanks or um or maybe falling in and, and, and drowning that does you know that adds to kind of the, the negative aspects there but it is a place where i've seen people bathe i've seen people um you know go there for spiritual healing you know that has that power uh so it, you know we are strongly connected uh and uh, you know if we can change the way that we look at uh, te awa it is our life source you know we drink from it um and we're made of water you know 70 percent they say so, um, you know, I think it's really important that um, we look at it as, as a, like a, a life source, as a being, as the, the, the Wanganui people have uh, with their te awa. What uh, life forms should we be conscious of in the awa? Well, uh, you know, I, it's, it's funny that you should mention that because I, I look at people's... Uh, <laughs> You know, on Facebook, they they've got the huge crayfish, or they've got the massive fish that uh, they're pulling up, and you know, then I'll see someone um, pulling out the eels, you know, and a long fin, short fin. I'm, I'm like, well, maybe it's not something that we should be promoting, um, you know, to catch all the time, because you know, as we grow as as populations, we take over the habitats of these these animals. So where do they go? We drain the swamps, you know. The, now the peatlands are all drained. For what? For the benefit of, you know, of our desires, our ambitions to 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 farm or whatever it is to grow and to to build. So there's there's not many considerations there for the eels, uh, you know. And there's a lot of introduced animals uh, there as well. You've got your koi carp, you you have your trout, uh, which is a prize, um, you know, a prize fish out there. And um, you know those things also change and affect uh, the river systems. So. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd really uh, consider those, but other freshwater uh, fish that live there. Um, it wasn't long ago that we were working uh, down past Ngarawa here, and we saw just dead eels floating down. Gosh. Yeah, and that was that was a surprise. Uh, you know, we were we were going to work there and uh, just seeing them floating uh, on the surface, but then actually underneath the water as well. So there must have been an event. There was a spike in the pH. Um, you know, further uh, upriver, and so the people of Ngarawahi at the time couldn't get treated water. Um, so, you know, we have to be conscious of, of what we're doing and, and who we're affecting, because we're, we're basically affecting ourselves once we once we do that. That's probably not something that most people think of, is that actions on one part of the river can affect people on other parts of the river differently. That, that it can effectively affect communities downstream. Yes, uh, I know, that's right, isn't it? And um, you know, I think we, as as we progress on this this journey to to clean um, clean the hour, I, I think um, more real time sensors are, are going to be put in, uh, so we can uh, pinpoint where things are, are happening, you know, and, and be able to make change before it does affect those uh, down the river. Now that brings us to talking about um, the deep dive division, the um, business um, you have started with your partner, um, which is um, really gaining traction and visibility now. Um, 
and you've made some very, very interesting discoveries on your diving expeditions in the Waikato River. Yes, uh, yeah, uh, my wife Courtney and I started up the Deep Dive Division uh, 2018. Not that long ago, but you know, as we continue to do works for the likes of uh, the regional council and uh, district councils and the city councils, uh, you get exposed to obviously what is uh, beneath the surface and um, you know the, the biggest objects we see are stolen vehicles really uh, that um, that are just on the on the riverbed there and we're talking know. cars automobiles cars yeah <laughs> there are cars in our hour well just in Hamilton city alone uh, there's 18 my gosh yeah, you, you wouldn't believe that, would you? But there's there's 18, um, and, and filled with, with with all sorts. I mean, you know, if you if you think about what what's in a vehicle, all that stuff there gets flushed out. You've got things that are breaking down all the time. It's not just a rust bucket that we have to consider here. You know, you've got your batteries um, with the acid in it leaching into the systems, and just left there to um, degrade. Is there any way that those can be removed? Absolutely. Um, Years ago, uh, we removed. We were asked to remove, not deep dive division, but I, I was working for another company at the time to remove a vehicle as a navigation hazard. And uh, you know, I dove down, didn't find that vehicle. I found uh, three others, and then I found that vehicle. You know, so there was four in a row in that one spot. Um, hooking up um, rigging gear. Uh, to a, you know, a tow line from a tow truck on the embankment or use lift bags to bring them um, back up to the, the water surface and then float them down to a boat ramp. You know, those are the types of techniques that we use. How would they end up in the river? Do, I mean, we don't, we don't really know, do we? Well, in that particular instance, um, the gudgeons on a, a gate were ripped off and the vehicles were just um, pushed off uh, the cliff. So somebody was literally dumping vehicles in the Waikato River. That's what they do. And um, you look at uh, Arapuni, uh, a reserve there. There's something like 11 vehicles there where people go and, and swim and, and, and holiday. Um, it's the, you know, the weed there is so thick you can't really see them, but they're all down there. So this isn't helping anyone's livelihood. This isn't like a an agricultural operation that has the um, the side effect of uh, causing chemicals to leach off into the river. This is wanton uh, vandalism of the sacredness of the hour. That's exactly right. Uh, you know, it's uh, once it's been below the water surface, you think that. Well, they must think no one's ever going to find it. And, uh, you know, we've also received scans from uh, Mercury, uh, which are very accurate and, and, and really prove that, hey, the vehicles are there. You know, but it's not only vehicles uh, we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, electric scooters, electric bikes, trolleys, heaps of bottles and, and rubbish, clothing. Um, yeah, the, the list goes on. There was vapes, there was, uh, you know, hot water bottles, all sorts, boots and you you name it it's down there so all sorts of stuff which is really not good to have in a in new zealand's largest river <laughs> um which has a uh 
very much a significant effect on ecosystems along its entire length. Yeah, no, you know, it's, of course it's disappointing, um, but that's human nature, isn't it? Uh, not everyone's going to abide by the rules. Um, yeah, they just, <laughs> people do what they, they want to do and uh, without really thinking about the effects. Deep Dive Division, um, what resources do you have? You have the resources to uh, go on expeditions in the river and discover the innumerable things you clearly have down there which shouldn't be down there. Um, but um, do, you, do you require you know, a network of organisations to be able to uh, act on removing those from the river and um, indeed from promoting the awareness of the of the environmental impacts that are happening to the river well it's like life you know you, it takes a village um mm. you can't do something just by yourself and through passion alone um so the, you know this has been uh, three years in the making um going to the waikato river authority looking for funding to salvage you know, they they have policies. Waikato uh, Regional Council have policies, and when to remove something, and 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 why why are you going to remove it? it? Has to be a navigational hazard. Has to be proven that it's um, you know has negative uh, leachates coming from from wherever it is. You know, and you, you kind of think, well, you know, the vehicle enters. It's not going to be a navigable navigational hazard for long. Um, Sure, it may float for a while or might get stuck on something, but you know, eventually it's going to float to a deeper part and, and stay down on the bottom for a long time. And so, you know, those that's the uphill battle there. Uh, but through uh, social media and getting the awareness out there, it's been incredible. Um, there was one TikTok uh, post that we put up, over 400,000 views, um, which was incredible. And that's when. Uh, the momentum came to do something and, and that's when we started getting phone calls from the right people even though you've been knocking on the door you know for over two years as we're into our third year now that's when they, they say okay maybe now we should do something maybe now we should support this um, a 30-second so, TikTok video, eh? A 30-second TikTok <laughs> video is, is, is all it took, um, you know, to ignite and, and that's all we want. We just want to ignite... Um, uh, ignite people's emotion and, and passion to do something and you know the outpouring has been fantastic uh, you know we have got businesses uh, that are offering to remove vehicles now you know to actually put the funding in there to remove vehicles which which is which is awesome but you know you forget that these businesses are also struggling as well you know we it's hard to be a business owner you know we've had a couple of bouts of um, of COVID and, and lockdowns and things like that you've got inflation rates uh, going through the roof it's hard to get things into the country now because of COVID and the lockdowns um, you know so there's you're getting hit from all sides but still the passion and the love for the river remains and that's that's what I love about humans you know we still feel we still want to give um, so yeah that that outpouring has been great and the support from uh, Waikato Tainui, right from the start, they were right behind us, from Ngāti Hoa, always there to support this initiative. And it was really uh, uh, Waikato Tainui backing us, giving us uh, some funding to start the scanning, to start really looking, not just come across things and, and take note of the data, but to actually go down there in, in special recreational uh, areas and look. 
So you have technology that enables you to uh, detect uh, things down there. Yeah, so you know, on our, uh, on our vessel under pressure, uh, uh, we've got uh, multi-beam um, scanners. We have a, a robot, an ROV, remotely operated vehicle, um, that also has uh, sonar on it as well. Um, you know, 4K imagery, which is it's amazing. It's amazing what a camera can see. You know, like you'll be down there and you're like, oh, I can't see anything. You put the 4K on, and then boom, it lights everything up. Right. Yeah. Well, that's cool that you can have 4K imagery from an underwater camera. That, oh, that yeah. must be some um, some big resources which are being devoted there. And I mean, you said before that you know the businesses that are helping are. Um, facing hard times at the moment yes i think we're pretty much all facing hard times aren't we the, the of course the local government and the uh, even the national government are um having having trouble trying to you know spread the money to to make ends meet and and that's why with situations like working with the waikato river authority um there are so many boxes to tick um to allow a an item to be called for to be removed out of the river yes see the, the Waikato River Authority has done absolutely amazing amazing things you know helping uh, fund massive community projects you know the, the riparian planting that is going on um, you know and, and tributaries and, and, and lining now our different hours and, and bodies of water is is absolutely amazing you know it's it's hard uh, you know and I'm it's hard to look at this project and and make it an easy easy tick, you know, because it's, there's a lot to take on board here. You know, it's uh, the health and safety and things like that. But when you look at it, it's like, hey, you know, if we start from the macro, we start getting the larger things out, you know, and get that real awareness and feel for it, then we can really focus down on the micro things and make it pristine. There will be people in every quarter who are just wishing that we had more money and more resources to improve this um, every single quarter agriculture sector community sector government sectors business sectors industrial sectors there will be people who are absolutely yearning to uh, improve the health of the hour yeah look I'm, the resources there you know uh, and, and I believe the, the money is there. It's just about focus. We just have to focus that. And, you know, I, I do believe that if we make, make her a beautiful, you know, life source again, you know, that we'll rejuvenate ourselves. And from that, positive things will flow, not only for, for businesses, but, you know, for our own health and well-being. I think um, if everyone makes micro changes, you know, to to behaviors that a lot a lot can be achieved it's not just about you know having these grand big visions to do something sweeping you're walking down the river you see some rubbish do something simple pick it up uh, i forgot to mention i just want to thank uh, mayor paula southgate who's been an incredible uh, supporter throughout um, our time you know, operating within the waikato but uh, especially uh, to help with this project, um, going beneath the surface to, to really help uh, remediate our hour.
Thank you for listening to this episode of WTS Waikatoa. If you liked what you heard, you can follow the show on Facebook and find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Free FM, the Community Access Media Alliance and New Zealand On Air for making this show happen. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.